Welcome to this podcast. The podcast series is produced in collaboration with the Twinning Mothernet project of the European Union Horizon 2020. And in this episode, we have three guests. Ruta Schlapkauskaite, who is Associate Professor in the Department of English at Vilnius University. Egle Kautschkuite, Associate Professor at the French Department in Vilnius as well. And Sarah Arnold, who is Assistant Professor at the Department of Media at Maynooth University. And we're ascending from Uppsala, where we have just attended a workshop on uh, bad mothers organized by Jenny Björklund and I, Sigurd Schotenius Kulled. And the title of the workshop is Deliberately Provocative and alludes to a set of culturally deep-rooted cliches and to the dichotomy good-bad mothers in which we tend to represent mothers in literature and film. The idea of a bad mother is associated with guilt, shame and blame, but can perhaps just as well be met with a shrug. You can refer to a bad mother in the same sense as a bad yogi having an occasional drink of wine and being glued to the phone at the wrong moment, but a fundamental question the workshop concerns the values and the preconceptions we associate with the concept of a bad mother and how it operates culturally, what does it mean historically and in our own time. We have been discussing some of our ideas about representations of mothers and mothering practices which are either permeated by a negative subjective attitude or emphasize violations of norms and I would like to start by asking the three of you about your ways as research into this topic and how you would define bad motherhood. Um, well, I, I, I can't disagree with um, your observation that the topic is um, provocative. Um, and um, I think um, the, the, the project and um, our collaborative research um, seeks very purposefully to challenge um, the the reductive view of um, motherhood, and um, indeed, we we attempt to um, expand kind of the ethical field of motherhood as a social practice. Um, so, in that respect, we are we're interested in um, in how. Um, motherhood um, is practiced in society, what forms it takes, what kinds of knowledge um, it produces, um, and also um, what forms of emotional life are associated with um, motherhood. So anything um, that I think gains the label bad motherhood is then connected or keyed to negative affect, negative emotion. Um, but um, the the project is about... Um, making sure that we do not opt for any reductive views, for any shortcuts in uh, thinking about um, mothers. In fact, um, what we do, um, I think, is try to interrogate uh, all the possible stereotypes and, and, and cliches um, and, and the, the kind of assumptions that tend to be uh, accepted uh, in society, um, so as to to raise the bar, particularly 
for mothers as opposed to, for example, fathers. Um, and um, there's a there's a degree of demonization, I think, that's taking place in the conceptualization of motherhood. Yeah, and in, I'm a film scholar and TV scholar, and in the research that I carry out, I'm also interested in how visual representations construct good and bad ideas of mother, uh, and particularly in the context of bad mothers, there is this demonization of certain types of mother. So, for example, in lots of film and TV, we would get a sense of a neglectful mother that's often associated with the working mother. So you'll see that somebody who is not a woman who's not in the home enough for the child is considered a neglectful mother. We might get something like the overbearing mother or the vulgar mother who has her own desires, who has a life of her own. How dare she? And she's also constructed as a bad mother in comparison to a good mother who's there, who gives up herself. So in film and television, the idea of bad motherhood is also in relation to what is good for the child. And so we're getting a child's subjectivity. And so I'm interested in how film and television contribute to discourses of bad mothers, about what bad mothers are, how they should change, um, and what good mothers are as a result of that. Right, and from my perspective of a sort of comparative um, literary scholar, I'm looking at um, uh, ultimately bad mothers um, who uh, fail to keep their children alive or even worse than that, who kill their children. So if we think about the sort of roles of mothers, um, fundamentally mothers are responsible for keeping their children alive and, and for facilitating their their development. So um, I'm looking at the sort of um, tr the corpus of uh, world literature uh, texts that feature mothers who kill their children. But then I... Uh, in the same way, in, in the same vein as my colleagues have just pointed out, the good and bad mothering is not at all straightforward. So in some cases, even mothers who kill their children have some kind of ethical, they do that out of an ethical um, position that uh, justifies their acts. Egli, you mentioned infanticide. Uh, what are the challenges in working with this material? Yeah, you're right. It's um, These texts are not easy to deal with, and for mainly for two reasons. Um, but mainly, these uh, they are very hard to deal with because uh, the characters uh, who are ultimately uh, evil characters or they are perceived as evil so characters who have committed what we think in in our normal sort of value system as ultimate evil they're very difficult to identify with and also texts like that they um, deal with subjects that we don't want to think about um, every day um, and um, they probably point to areas of our existence or areas of our social life that we don't we don't want to face. Yeah, in the context of studying film and television, it can be slightly different in that I have to be careful to show as a researcher that I'm not 
trying to validate or perpetuate what in films are representations of bad mothers and, you know, discourses of bad mothers, but that I'm somehow challenging them. So quite often I'm dealing with texts and, and film and TV series that are very, very popular. But as a researcher, I think that there's a problem with the representations that we have. And so sometimes I have to, I'm drawing attention to these texts. And at the same time, I want people to be understanding that these are not to be um, validated. These are not, you know, that we need to somehow change and move away from these representations. So there is a big difference between, I think, and we need, to, again, we need to understand as scholars that although we're, shining a light on all of these texts that are quite challenging. We're also critiquing them quite often. We're also kind of taking an alternative perspective on them. Yeah, Ruta, in your presentation at the workshop, you talked about monstrosity. What are your, th what are your thoughts about that? What are your feelings about that? Um, yeah, I, I was struck um, by how um, often um, images of monstrous female bodies and monstrous mothers recur in post-colonial um, fictions and, and cultural contexts as well. Um, and that got me thinking uh, about how ideologically loaded the very concept of motherhood is. And when you when you add to that concept, to, uh, to that idea, you add, um, you know, the idea of monstrosity, then um, the, the degree of loadedness gets amplified. Um, but I was uh, interested in the kind of uh, social values that drive these images um, and the, the texts um, of which I was talking in, um, in our panel. Um, they, they come from um, uh, Canadian and, and Australian cultural contexts. Um, and um, I found it very interesting to, um, to look at um, one uh, particular um, recurrent trope um, Of, of a cannibal monster, um, the, uh, the so-called Wendigo, which um, is um, which derives from um, indigenous social mythology, um, and and is really linked to a, a particular taboo um, that um, sort of uh, uh, urges um, indigenous people who are starving not to resort to. Um, eating human flesh because they might turn into wendigos and there's no way back. Um, and in some, um, in some of these um, narratives, what we find is how um, um, women um, get transformed into wendigos and um, mothers in particular. Um, and um, uh, what, what um, sort of becomes clear uh, once you've analyzed the text is how Um, the 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 figuring of mother as monster has to do with the um, the kind of historical legacy that imperialism in um, today's Commonwealth countries um, um, have been uh, so that um, it um, the monstrous mother um, tends to speak of uh, colonial violence social injustice, um, trauma, um, and, um, and, and it, it, it comes to um, explain a lot about um, the rates of suicide among indigenous people um, and um, the, the kind of obstacles that are faced even today um, in trying to achieve um, reconciliation.
That's quite interesting, Ruta, because from my the type of films and TV that I look like are not are not necessarily as politically obviously politically loaded and, and sometimes they you know, particularly within horror film, the representations we get of bad mothers are quite conservative, particularly in the context of the maternal body and the monstrous maternal body. And the films that come to mind represent the mother's agency as as a problem, but that's also extended to her body. The reproductive force of a female body is shown as grotesque, as disgusting, as really threatening. And quite often that's this very conservative idea about what happens when women have power. And one of the films I'm thinking of uh, in relation to this is a David Cronenberg film from the 1970s called The Brood. And in this film, this woman who's going through a divorce, she has one a daughter and she's going through a divorce. And because of how angry she is about this divorce, she gives birth to this brood of children that are an extension of her psyche and that when she's angry, go out and kill people. And if she's angry with somebody, they'll go and kill people. So we see her disgusting body, her disgusting children, because her mental state has transferred to this brood of children and then the risk it actually gives to the heteronormative family. And this is from a director who would probably present himself and is certainly considered somebody who's progressive, a little bit oppositional. And this is a very traditionalist idea about what happens when a mother has power. So it's a big. I think the idea of the monstrous mother is put to different social and political and cultural uses. And that's what's interesting about research, again, is we can see all of those and we can interrogate them all. I think there's always a tension between the conservative and the subversive impulse. Uh, A number of indigenous texts that that I've been um, working with um, seek to sort of push against this, this, um, the kind of conservative imaging of motherhood that you've been talking about, where the images, gothic images, uh, images of horror are in fact employed so as to challenge the discourse of savagery that is associated with Indigenous people, so that readers are um, made to rethink their own assumptions about what it means to be Indigenous and what kind of historical legacy um, Indigenous people today have to bear. So taking those typical tropes that we would see of the grotesque maternal body and trying to yeah, subvert them yeah. and trying to put them to use and a, and a political use. Yeah, they become even sort of difficult to attribute because the very the very source from which they emanate uh, gets to be obliterated in a sense because there's always a historical point of view um, that that does does not allow us to allocate the positions of victimizer and victimhood very easily. So that there's the the whole genealogy of violence gets to be um, you know challenged. Mm, I would agree absolutely, and it, it, from sort of in terms of my research, you know those you know mothers who kill their children uh, out of revenge of their husbands who had been unfaithful or what, for whatever other reason, they are ultimate monsters. They are, you know no human um, psyche can possibly identify or you know understand that kind of monstrosity. Then it is really important to analyze the the context in which that happened. You know, what were the social cultural circumstances that drove, uh, uh, you know, somebody who is sort of geared to look after a child and and to protect a child who to turn against, um, you know, the the most vulnerable uh, sort of uh, creatures. So. Um, 
So what are we doing with this uh, research on murderers and uh, monstrous, monstrous mothers? What are its values and purpose? Well, I can, I can take that one. Uh, so I suppose it's, it's perhaps a little bit easier for me as what I would say as a film and television or media scholar in the sense that when I'm drawing attention to representations of bad mothers, I'm advocating for better representations and for more nuanced representations. So I also research film production and people who work in production. So part of what I'm trying to do is to show that there is a, a line to be drawing and, and there's a circular logic that runs between production and representation. And that if we have certain types of conservative people who are making these films uh, and TV shows, then we're going to end up with a certain type of conservative representation, particularly in the context of mothers. And so if we have people who are more conscientious about the type of representations that they have, and if we have more women in production and more mothers in production, then we end up with better representations. Yeah, I would agree with, um, with what Sarah is um, saying, um, in that I think that the kind of literary scholarship um, that we're doing, we're, we're also trying to um, both critique and revise uh, cultural representations uh, of motherhood. Um, but by doing so, I think we're also trying to kind of open new avenues of, uh, of, of thought and um, we're trying to suggest new possibilities um, for um, thinking about motherhood, representing motherhood. Uh, and in that respect, hopefully, um, the kind of critical discourse that we produce may have um, hopefully real impact on um, society and uh, and enable um, um, society to um, reflect on on its values. I would agree as well. Uh, I like telling my students that um, literary scholars are humanities scholars. So the you know studying literature, analyzing literature, understanding. Uh, what literature does is ultimately understanding humans, is understanding the human psyche, the human experience. It's one of the ways. Um, and I think that uh, considering the monumentality of the maternal, uh, the, the, the importance of the maternal in everyone's life, this is a hugely understudied topic. So I think that we need to look into this in order to understand the human existence and, and, and this area of human existence that I don't think we understand very well at present. And it's more and more obvious that the type of cultural engagement that we have with ideas of bad mothers is obviously related to what's happening politically and socially and that we're in a period of such upheaval at the moment. In Ireland, where I come from, there's been what we would perceive to be progressive rights for women, reproductive rights, so the introduction of uh, the right to abortion. Yet we see in other countries nearby that that right is being restricted. And so the type of interrogations, the type of examinations we see of what motherhood constitutes and what, is, uh, what it means is quite important. It is not separate. It is not this activity that, that takes place separate from society. So I think it's really, really important to make sure that we push for more examination, more research, more discussion of what type of, of motherhoods there are within culture. And this is quite important, I think, at the moment as well, where we're seeing the idea of motherhood be more expansive. Now, that might be, in my view, that might be perceived as something, again, that's quite progressive, that the, the concept is flexible, that it allows for more. 
But we can constantly see that there's this conservative, you know, corollary that there's a pullback. And so as much as motherhood can expand, ideas of bad mothers can expand as well. And so that's something that requires, you know, constant monitoring, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, well, it, it is very important what Sarah had just said. Is like in in, in Europe currently, uh, who do we think uh, has the right to to motherhood, and and who doesn't? And you know, in different European countries, these are you know those rights are they they differ. But it's very interesting and important to examine to interrogate this. You know, how do we um, advocate for for a sort of uh, a democratic uh, process of you know who we as a society allow to partake in this uh, fundamental uh, activity uh, well uh, or or experience i'd say so what kind of research on these topics would you like to see in the future As a as a literary scholar, I think um, there are at least two um, sort of intellectual strands that this um, this research uh, can take um, personally. I'm I'm interested in in how um, representation of the maternal experience correlates with different narrative modes, different genres. Um, that which is tragic and that which is comic, or even going beyond that, something like fantasy and science fiction. Um, and and this, the the second kind of polemical strand that um, that I think we we have not uh, been able to cover due to lack of time uh, is how uh, our thinking about motherhood um, uh, ethically to um, how it relates to how we think about fatherhood. Um, does that does the concept of the good father versus the bad father exist? Does does the same kind of um, logic, binary logic, apply to the ways in which we think about fathers? Yeah, I suppose there's. I think there's always new technologies, media technologies, and there's always new types of mother and motherhood. And I think there's always scope. For example, in media scholarship, that the representations are platform specific. So they occur in particular mediated contexts. And the more we've seen a turn to, obviously, fairly uh, well-established now, but social media or new forms of media engagement and interactivity, we start to see these new ideas about motherhood materialize. So I think it's always good to track technological change and track the kind of discourses that arrive through that as well. That's brilliant. Do you have any more thoughts or comments on this topic? Something you felt that we've... We've, we should touch upon. No, but I, I just thought that Sarah Nagle made such a huge point about kind of the historical moment that we inhabit where we can um, interrogate um, democracy itself through the research uh, into motherhood because the, the, the two are inextricably connected and we I don't think we emphasize this enough how maternal agency is 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 part of the the democratic st structures which which are under siege 
Mm. I would like to see, to just go back to your previous um, question in terms of what kind of research I'd like to see, I would like to see more of a cross um, inter, or more interdisciplinary collaboration. I would like to see more medics work with more humanities people. Um, I don't think that medical research has the tools to understand uh, the, the depth and the complexity of the maternal experience. And I, I think that, uh, you know, literature... Particular, particularly um, sort of um, literary fiction and poetry that are, in terms of genre, are very free to uh, express um, the sort of the authenticity, to capture the authenticity of human experience, um, I think could uh, really open up uh, knowledge, could create knowledge about uh, female bodies and maternal bodies and psyches. I would just follow up on that and say that's a really good plug for the MotherNet project because it's part and parcel of what we do is to encourage this thinking through different perspectives and through different disciplines because it enriches our own discipline as well because there's always something to be learned from somebody else's experience. Well, thank you so much, um, Egle, Ruta and Sarah for your thoughts and comments on this very uh, hot topic, I should say. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're interested in these questions, please, you should visit Mothernet, uh, mothernet.eu. So thank you and bye for this time. <laughs>